Take your Bibles and turn to the familiar Second Peter chapter number three. Second Peter chapter number three. I suppose if I picked a dozen verses where I might have reached the most messages from those dozen verses, this would be near the top of that list of twelve. It's familiar and uh, such a great challenge and uh, just uh, very. Um, not, that's not going to be a deep message tonight. Not that I give deep messages very often, but. Quit laughing. Uh, anyway, but I'm going to be just very, very practical at the end of the message. And I don't want you to, uh, uh, you know, get overwhelmed and think, i got to do all that. No, but I would love for you to take one thing or two things. My goal for you to be walk out tonight with an idea or maybe two ideas, and you walk out and say, you know, I think I could start doing that tonight. That would be my goal for the message tonight. I want to be very, very practical. The, the, the text is 2 Peter 3.18, and, uh, and I'll just read it to you. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in grace. Now, that's it. That's, uh, 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 that is a, uh, oh, I lost the English grammar word. Command. Uh, it's, it's an imperative. Uh, it's not a suggestion. It's not a request. It's a command. Amen? And uh, so, grow in grace. Now, wait a minute. Now, listen. If God gives a command and doesn't give the wherewithal to, to, to obey it, then He's unjust. Now, if you tell your kids, haul that load of bricks and put it on top of the house and your kid's four years old, I mean, that's not would be fair to spank a four-year-old because he didn't haul a load of bricks on top of the house. Not unless he is real good at working a crane or something. I don't know. <clears throat> but God gives the wherewithal to obey. Amen? And when he says grow, you can grow. And that's the title of the message. You can grow. You can grow. In this environment, in this day, you can grow. And we have a command to grow. Father, bless now, please, the preaching of thy word to, to, to the hearts of your people. Lord, I just enjoyed singing with your people tonight and couldn't help but think about hurting people in this room as the ladies sang just a moment ago and how you must have been honored. And, and glorified as they sang along with us tonight. I love church. I love your people. I love you, Lord. And I want to be closer to you. I don't want to stagnate in, in my Christian life. I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to go backwards. But I'd like to grow. And I'd like to challenge your people to grow tonight in Jesus' name. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. My little grandson, Finley. I like to call him Finn Man. I got pictures of him. Ushers, I mean... Uh, You didn't get my pictures. Oh, man. All right, no, I just kidding about that. Uh, <laughs> they turned into a long message. But I got them on my phone if you want to see them. I, for real, I got them on my phone. But uh, it says, been, they were with us last weekend, of course, and it's been about six weeks or maybe six and a half, seven weeks since we'd seen them, and it seemed like forever. And he just looked totally different. He looked totally different in six weeks. Big old full head of hair. And uh, anyway... Uh, He's crawling everywhere, which he wasn't doing that before. He's crawling and um, and practically talking. If you're really working, he'll do that. And, oh, by the way, he made his first basketball goal. We got a video of it yesterday or Friday. He made his first basketball goal. Amen. A little Nerf ball and, 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 and the little, I'm not kidding, he made the goal. A uh, uh, little Nerf basketball and, and the little uh, net. 
right there, you know, hooks on top of the door. And anyway, Dad lifted him up. It took about 30 seconds for him to drop it, but he finally dropped it. And it went in. Amen. He, he, he's, he's one for one. All right, so he's amazing. Did I tell you I have pictures if you want to see him afterwards? But Now, you know, it's normal to grow. It's normal to grow. It, it, it ought to be that way. It's normal to grow. It's abnormal not to grow. It's abnormal not to physically, mentally, and so on and so forth like that. I didn't say it's wrong necessarily in the physical realm or the mental realm. There's different, you know, things. Of course, I'm not speaking to that point. This is a spiritual message. But I hope you get the application. You get the uh, illustration. It's normal to grow, right? If you weren't going to be considered maybe abnormal or some special condition of some kind, and you would maybe want to address it if it was something that you could uh, influence in any way. And you'd want to talk to the right people or experts, doctors, whoever you talk to, somebody that had been through it. And you want to figure out why am I not growing? Why, why was my child not growing? Why is uh, maybe one of my, part of my body's not growing? What, 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 what's wrong? And, and you know, it's, it's fulfilling to grow. I was the second shortest kid in my class. A senior class graduated, a huge senior class, 16. And, uh, and uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, but until 10th grade, I was the second shortest kid in the class. Thank God, uh, Carol Thomas... Uh, uh, she uh, was shorter than me. <laughs> Praise God, Amen. Yeah, that's bad. It's bad. like sixth grade and stuff. That's tough for boys, isn't it? All the girls are taller than the boys are, and almost not always. But anyway, um, but anyway, I didn't grow. I didn't grow until I was like tenth grade, and uh, I sucked my thumb till I was a senior. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it seemed like I didn't grow, but that's that's my finally hit my growth spurt. And uh, uh, and I, I'm I'm glad I did. It's fulfilling to grow. And it's painful to grow. How many of you remember growing pains? One of the was it? I think maybe the brother Alan was telling me about one of the boys or one of his children. Uh, yeah, Miss Jerry, one of the kids going through growing pains. I remember growing pains. I, I remember growing pains. And uh, and uh, but I'm glad I had them. Amen. I'm glad I grew. I wanted to grow. I wanted to grow. Uh, how many of you, if you could, now the Bible says that you can't put spots on a leopard by thinking about it, and you can't grow an inch taller by thinking about it, but if you could, how many of you would be taller than you were? And just be honest, you'd like to be a little, t- okay, all right. I always wanted to be, not now, I'm perfectly content now. I, I, <clears throat> anyway, but, but as a kid, I'm going to be a little taller, especially the, if, if the only person taller in your class is Carol Thomas. I mean, never mind. All right, so. You need some things to grow. You need some. Th- I told you this wasn't going to be a d- deep message. Amen. Uh, but it, this is not difficult to understand. But you know, in order to grow, you have to be planted. You have to be planted in order to grow. John twelve fourteen. Jesus said this: Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Last night uh, after dark, we have a street lamp right above the garden spot. And so a lot of times daytime not work out for me to work the garden, but I can work the garden at night. So I went out last night and planted snow peas and sugar snap peas. Somebody say amen. How many of you like, you like snow peas and sugar snap I do. You pull them right off the vine and eat them. I love them. Anyway, I might have a few extras if you want some. Maybe. We'll see. But I went out there and, and I put them in the ground. They say put, uh, put them in an inch, an inch and a half, put them in the ground. I stick my finger, poke, you know, and drop them in there. 
But you know, if you don't put that seed in the ground, it's not going to grow anything, is it? What happens to it? It goes in the ground, then it dies. And that's what Jesus said. He said, the corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. Oh, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Amen? Amen. Isn't it wonderful? I, you know, I get excited about uh, plants and gardens, things like that. I, I'm not, I don't have a green thumb, but I, I like to dig in the dirt a little bit. And I, isn't it funny how we go out there, we go to the garden and say, oh, look at, look, look at my tomatoes, look at my zucchini. Amen. I'd be like zucchini. I love zucchini. I just stir fry. And uh, anyway, uh, and, and he said, look at my garden. And it's a funny thing. All we did was dig a hole in the dirt and put a seed in there. And we said, look at my garden. Look what I've done. We didn't do anything. God did it all. Amen. But um, Haggai asked this question. He said, chapter 2, verse 19, the prophet Haggai said, is the seed yet in the barn? Is the seed yet in the barn? A seed won't grow if it's not planted. It's not planted. There's so much more that you and I could be, but we must be first planted. Now, that, that means this. We've got to be planted squarely in Christ. Amen. We've got to be saved. We've got to be saved. Jesus said, Matthew 15, 13, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. See, there are tares growing up with the wheat. Jesus said it was so. In fact, he said, he said they, look, they look so much alike. He said, the angels are going to have to sort it out at the end because if you were to pull up the tares, you'd pull up some wheat too. Meaning, you, you, you and I can't... I believe this. Two things. It's going to surprise us who makes it to heaven. And this is going to surprise us who doesn't make it to heaven. Many shall say, Lord, Lord, we not prophesy in that name. Cast out devils. Do many wonderful works. What's he going to say? Depart from me. I never knew you. So we've got to be planted. We've got to be born again. We've got to be saved. We've got to be saved. And, uh, 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 um, you know, I've, this has happened to me a few times over the years. And just talking to a lot of families, trying to help a lot of people. And I, I watch a couple, and their marriage would be strained for years. And, and, and then they go through a crisis, a, rare, a real crisis. Not that I want any marriage to go through a crisis, but sometimes a crisis in relationships, it just kind of helps us get our perspective with the Lord like it needs to be. And, and you know, I've watched couples struggle, 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 and then go through a crisis, and one of them gets saved in that. God saved one of them. And man, you talk about helping things later. That'll help things, amen. Amen, no, no longer unequally yoked, amen. I'm not talking about somebody who knew these, but somebody thought they were equally yoked, but God saved them, Amen. Now listen, you're going to grow. You say, how come I can't grow? First of all, you need to make sure you're planted. Amen? You need to make sure you're planted. How many of you, sometime in your Christian life, you made a profession of faith of some kind. Later on, the Holy Spirit convicted you that you were lost and headed for hell and you got born again. Raise your hand. Okay, hold them up there. Hold them up there. Wave them like this. Everybody look around. Everybody look around. Thank you. You can lower your hands. Look, if you're not sure you're safe for crying out loud... You're in a place where people are going to be excited for you to get saved. Amen. Nobody's going to say, well, I thought he was already saved. Are you kidding? We might run a lap for you if you get saved. Amen. We'll be excited for you. Amen. So if the Holy Spirit convicts you, you say, I just can't grow. I can't grow. I can't grow. I don't know anybody's heart. <clears throat> and I, the last thing I'd ever want to do is disparage soul winning because there's plenty enough that goes on already. But I, I know this. I know not everybody that professes to be saved is saved. I know that. 
But since I don't know anybody's heart, I'm still going to preach the gospel the way it is, try to share it with everybody else. But, you know, some people say, I want to grow, I want to grow. Well, it might be you're not planted. Did you ever stop and think that? It might be you're not planted, except a corner of wheat, uh, uh, die, be put in the ground and die. It cannot bring forth fruit. You, you've got to be planted. Amen. Romans chapter 6, he said this. What shall we say then? Paul's teaching justification. And the Roman believers, immediately, he, 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 uh, he knows they're going to have questions, objections. He's teaching them justification by faith, the gospel of grace. And he says, I know what one of their objections, and, and we still hear today the sal- uh, salvation by grace. <clears throat> one objection is going to be this. Well, if I, if that's true, if justification is by faith alone, by grace alone, then I'll just go sin all I want to after. I'll just get saved and go sin all I want to. I've even heard somebody say something similar to that before. You've heard that. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Paul, pre- preemptive strike. He said, let me straighten this out because I know you're going to ask it anyway. Just got through telling them about justification. He said, what shall we say then? What's the conclusion? What shall we say about all this? Justification by faith business. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid how shall we that are the dead to sin live any longer therein? If we've been buried with Him in the likeness of His death, we all, shall be also raised in the likeness of His resurrection. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, you're a child of God. God's not going. He doesn't let His children just do whatever they want to do. So called chastisement. But you need to be planted. You need to be planted in the Word. Psalm one one. Quote it with me if you can. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law that they meditate day and night. Did you hear that? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law that they meditate day and night. And, finish, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth His fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever He doeth shall Prosper. Prosperity and growth is likened to a person who plants themselves in this book right here, meditates on it day and listen. Do you think about the, the, the word when you're laying on your your head's on your pillow? How is she supposed to do that day and night? Do you know what? <clears throat> I go to I, I go to sleep thinking about something. I'll wake up the next morning with a sermon. I get thinking about that 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 verse uh, I preached from this morning. I got that verse on my mind and uh, <clears throat> whipped it out, wrote most of it on, uh, wrote it on through five card and put it in the outline, add to it. But you get you get thinking about a truth, and boy, I tell you what, man, you start meditating on a truth. You, you say, I can't sleep. Get you a Bible verse and just think about it. If that didn't work for me, then just turn the light on and start reading the Bible. Amen. Planted in salvation, planted the word. Planted in the church, Psalm 92, 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That's a good verse right there. Listen, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 <clears throat> talks about the assembly and what he say. He said, cancel Sunday night service because the rapture's getting close. Is that what he said? No, he said, so much the more. 
so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'm going to be a base by the time this sermon's over. <clears throat> I remember a pastor, Greg Land, pastor over here years ago, Good Samaritan Baptist Church. He told me one time, he said, Brother Shook, he said, I was knocking doors. I knocked on a man's door. I said, I'd like to invite you to the church. You belong to the church. He said, yeah, I belong to Good Samaritan Baptist Church. I'm a deacon over there. He said, really, that's interesting. I never met you, and I'm the pastor at Good Samaritan Baptist Church. <laughs> it must have worked on others, but it didn't work on... It's funny. I got buddies that pastor, you know, in the Northeast, and different places around the country. They say, we got a lot of Roman Catholics up here. I said, we got a lot of Roman Baptists down here. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But you know what? <clears throat> Listen, we need to be planted, don't we? We need to be planted. You know the same is true with our marriages. We need to be planning. You want to grow your marriage, you've got to be planning. My dad told me before we got married. He told me this. I don't remember when he first told me about it. <clears throat> he said it more than once to me. He says, I never consider divorce. Never consider divorce. He said murder would be all right in certain occasions, but never divorce. Anyway, but that's a good thought. Don't ever discuss divorce. You just ought to make that. Just put that. Young people, don't young people now. I'm not trying to fix anything. I'm trying to help prepare. That's what I'm trying to do. Young people, just make up your mind. I'm going to consider that. And I know life doesn't always turn out the way you do. I don't understand that. But to the children, I say, never consider divorce. Here's what you said in your wedding vows, for better, for worse. You remember that? For better. So, Pastor, the worst possible thing happens. For better, for worse. Till death do us part. That doesn't mean end the marriage by killing your spouse, okay? <laughs> now, and and I, again, I understand marriage is, is a partnership. It takes two people. I do know that. I do know that. But my point is, if you want to grow, you've got to be planted. Number two, you need a desire for growth. As newborn babes, First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You may grow thereby. And um, <clears throat> uh, you've seen puppies, right? Yeah, puppies, they, are, they know what to do. You don't have to tell them. That's mama. That's your belly. Latch on and she'll fill your belly. Nobody has to tell them, do they? No, they know what to do. They crawl all over each other, step on each other's face to get to mama. Right? As newborn babes desire desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. By the way, by the way, I'm not trying to make qualifications for salvation. Please don't misinterpret what I'm trying to say. But you, it's natural for a baby Christian to desire to grow. Is there any desire in your heart to grow as a believer? That's natural, right? You understand that? So I've been born again. Is there a desire to grow? Just asking. Newborn babes desire, the Bible said, the milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Grow, grow, grow. I read this, two guys were talking, and one of them said to his buddy, he said, you know, I, I read that the, heard that the two great hindrances to Christian growth are ignorance and apathy. He said, what do you think about that? He said, I don't know, and I don't care. <clears throat> the Bible said in Proverbs 18, 1, through desire a man having separated himself seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. Listen to, uh, to, to Isaiah 44, 3. Listen to it. 
Oh, mamas and daddies and grandpas and grandmas, get a hold of this. For I will pour water, talking about, of course, the Spirit of God. I will pour water on him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed and my blessings upon thine offspring. When we are filled to overflowing, listen, if I'm over here and I'm begging God to fill me with His Holy Spirit, and He fills me to overflowing, who, when I overflow, who's going to benefit first? The people that are closest to me, right? Man, when I saw that, I thought, oh, oh, I'm not just praying for the fullness of God's Spirit in my life. I'm praying for overflow blessings. Look at it. Well, you don't have it over. Look at it later. <laughs> upon thy seed and upon thine offspring. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you hungry? Do you have a desire to grow? Job 23, 12. Job said this way. I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Hey, I said this morning, if you missed the service this morning, some of you were in junior church. I used the illustration this morning. What did I say? 300 and... How many people in America forgot since this morning? A bunch. 332? Huh? 332, I believe that's right. 332 million people. Uh, 2021 census, 332 million people in America. Last Sunday night while we were having church service, 118.7 people watched the halftime show of the Super Bowl. Now, I have no clue whatsoever happened at the halftime Super Bowl. I just know it's been godless for years. I don't want to know, don't need to know. I just know it's godless. And... Um, I believe a lot of God's people are not hungry for the Word because we already filled our bellies on the world. You want to say, no, 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 those cookies for after supper. No cookies before supper. Why? Don't want you to what? Spoil your appetite. Let me give you a third thought here. It said, number one, you've got to be planted to grow. Number two, you need a desire to grow. Number three, you need a commitment to grow. You need a commitment to growth. Paul said, I press toward the mark. I have some goals. I have some... Uh, 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 some some uh, um, uh, 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 measurements and 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 some uh, 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 some marks I want to reach. I press toward the mark. Philippians one twenty seven. He said this: striving together for the faith of the gospel. Listen, your friends ought to be striving, and you ought to be striving and encouraging one another. You need a commitment to the growth. By the way, <clears throat> nobody is stagnant and static in their Christian life. Stagnant, <laughs> static. In other words, nobody, you, you, you're not, you're, uh, Christian, Christian life's like sitting on a raft in a river. You're either going that way, you, nobody sits still. And, and, and growth takes effort, it's upstream, there's a lot against you to keep you from it. But if you're going to grow, it has to be intentional. If you stop growing, you're going to start going backwards. Now, I don't ask you a question. I don't ask anybody to raise your hand. But are you growing in your Christian life tonight? Church family, I don't ask you. Some of you have been saved for years. You're in service for Christ. Are you growing in your service? Are you growing in your walk with God? Are you growing in your Christian life? We need a commitment to growth. The fruit of the Spirit ends with temp- temperance. Temperance is self-control. Temperance is telling yourself, do what you're supposed to do, whether you want to do it or not. That 
is commitment to growth. Number four, you need an environment of growth. You need an environment of growth. I believe that this little verse is our text verse, but grow in grace. Interesting little phrase there, in grace. By the way, that's again, that's a command. In grace, though, you know, you might could uh, apply it this way. Grace is an atmosphere. Grace is an atmosphere. We, uh, Mr. Cook, principal here, we say to the young people at the school, and I'll say it once in a while, and you hear him say it, I know he says it individually, and young people, I'll say it again tonight. If you struggle, if you're in the Christian school, you know, you're supposed to keep the rules, and you, you uh, signed a paper and said you would. <clears throat> and uh, so if you're honest, you ought to do that. But anyway, if you struggle, if you're struggling, I'm not going to ask you to confess their sin publicly tonight. But how many of you say, I struggle as a Christian sometimes? Raise your hand, I struggle as a Christian. Okay. Young people, if you struggle <clears throat> and you say, I like some help, and you come, you pastor, pastor, Mr. Principal, say, I'm struggling with something. There is all kind of grace for that. All kind of grace. But the letter of law has to be applied if you don't, if you don't, if you don't want help and and, and, and you, you lie about something, you try to cover it up, you try to influence others, then we, we're going to apply the letter of the law. Why? Because we don't want a free-for-all. We want a Christian environment. Amen? We want something different. We want something special. We want to keep that, retain that. And so <clears throat> that little phrase, in grace, grow in grace. You know, a church ought to be an atmosphere of grace. And by the way, when I say grace... Let me just, excuse me, run one quick rabbit to clear, clarification here tonight. I am not talking about this new enlightenment that grace now, there's no convictions, no standards. Anymore. I am not talking about that garbage. We're going to rock it out in church now. And that's, that's not grace. That's making occasion for the flesh. Okay. Anyway. All right. So I'll, pre- I'll preach on that some other time. But I'm talking about grace, what it actually is. <clears throat> we grow in grace. An atmosphere of grace. It's a great place to go. It's like a greenhouse. It's like a greenhouse. And somebody struggles, somebody stumbles, somebody falls. We don't kick them. We don't criticize them. We don't post about it. We love them. We pray for them. We help them. We do what Galatians 6 says. If a man be overtaken a fault, you with your spiritual restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. A greenhouse is a controlled environment. It's best for growth. Let me tell you something, a local church is the best place to grow. I'm not saying you can't be saved outside of local church. I'm not saying you can't grow as a Christian outside of the local church. But I, I got news for you. Jesus started the church, okay? He loves the church. He nourishes the church. He cherishes the church. He's the head of the church. Uh, 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 um, uh, he gave his, uh, shed his blood for the church, Acts 20. And, and so if you want to grow, the, God made this. This, this, is, this church, we're not talking about this building, but, but this church is congregation assembly of God's people provides an environment for growth. It's the right kind of church, the right kind of spirit. It'd be an environment for growth. And can I tell you something? If you're out there chasing sinners, and if you're out there trying to get folks saved, and you're tra- out there trying to get, get folks in, I'm so excited this morning. I had two, two converts here this morning, two men here this morning that got saved just the last month or so. And I'm so excited. I came home at lunchtime. I said, oh, I'm so excited to see the men here today. Listen, I, 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 I 
if you if you're if you're involved in the Great Commission, then you you do you you he would say, Come to our church, we won't judge you. I got news for you, my friend. A soul winning church, a church cares about people, a church that loves people, is praying for people, witnessing to people. Listen, come in here. That kind of a heart, a soul winner's heart, will love people no matter who they are, where they came from. Man, we we We've seen some rough characters come through. Brother Mo, for example. Uh, <coughs> anyway. I can preach the truth whether you like it or not. Anyway. But how many say, preacher, I look pretty sharp, but I can be rough sometimes. You don't have to raise your hand. I saw your wife poke you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, you, you, you need it. You need a good church. A local church that will challenge you and encourage you, keep you accountable, love you, and believe in you. By the way, you need friends that will challenge you. Some of you need to change your friends. Some of you need to change your friends. Remember the little formula I gave you some time ago? 80-10-10. You remember that principle? Anybody remember the 80-10-10 principle? Spend 80% of your time with people that will pull you up in your Christian life. 10% of your time with people where you are. And 10% of your time trying to pull others up. How about that? You say, I want to help them. That's 10% of your life. You can help them maybe. You have to be careful about that. I want to encourage you. Okay, great, wonderful. 10% of your time and people where you are. The rest of your time, you need, to, you need to gravitate toward people who are going to challenge you in your Christian faith, who are going to pull you in the right direction, who are going to put the right kind of godly pressure on you. The kind of people, you say, I, I, I might cuss, but I ain't going to cuss around them. Those are the kind of people I'm talking about. You need an encouraging home. I'm talking about an environment of growth. First Peter 3, 1 Peter 3.1 Wives, be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. That word conversation <clears throat> certainly includes verbal speech but it's a broader word than that. It means your, your manner of life. It's the way you live your testimony. Your testimony. Don't, don't go home and preach a sermon over to your husband if you skip church. Give him a link to the YouTube. <laughs> no, don't even do that. <clears throat> Just go home and love on him and be good to him. Many, all, all, for, for, for all these years, we've always had ladies who came and their husbands didn't come and men who come and their wives didn't come. And it's okay. I know it's hard. I say I know it's hard. Many have told me that it's hard. I've never experienced it. So be fair to you if you're in that position. I've never experienced it, but many have told me that it's hard. But let me say, do the hard thing. Do the hard thing. If you ever get in that place, sometimes things happen in your life are not expected. If you ever get in that place, your spouse doesn't want to come to church, you just keep on going. Just keep on being faithful. Amen. That's how you go. You need that environment of growth. Keep keep your home an encouraging place. Ladies, uh, don't, don't, don't preach to them. Let, let your sweet, that, that same passage which talks of the meek and quiet spirit, let your spirit, let your attitude, let their inward beauty win him, win him. Fellas, the Bible says in Corinthians 2, <clears throat> Paul said, I determined this with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad but the same which is made sorry by me? Can I tell you something as a pastor? You pray for me in this area. And, and uh, we don't, my wife and I, we don't have secrets. We don't have secrets. But we don't talk about everything together. 
I don't tell her everything. She don't tell me everything. Now, if I need to know something, I always tell her. Uh, vice versa. If she, if she needs to know something, I tell her. If I need to know something, she'll tell me. But it's not healthy for me to tell her everything. It's not, it's not healthy. Uh, you imagine if doctor went home, medical doctors went home, and he spent all night talking about all the patients he saw all day. His wife would be depressed. <laughs> That's why Miss Shook has such a bad attitude all the time. Anyway, but we we don't hide things from each other. But but I know she does the same thing for me. That's why sometimes you you say something to her, so oh, I know you know, and you think she knows, but she doesn't know, and vice versa. Now sometimes she needs to be a part. But, but but my point is this. If I go home and discourage my encourager, who's going to encourage me? That's what Paul said. If I go and I... if Look, if I brought my problems to the pulpit Sunday after Sunday, for a few weeks, you'd say, oh, we need to pray for Pastor. He's, he's discouraged. Oh. You know, after about three weeks, you go, oh, my soul again, Pastor? Your compassion would drop in about three weeks. <laughs> I'm not going to test you on this, by the way. But but David did what? He went alone. And he did what? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Keep your home and encourage yourself. My home's, a, my home's a sour. My home's angry. Okay, well, look. Won't you just be, be the bright spot in your sour home? Just because everybody else is sour don't mean you can't be happy. Amen? Everybody else is grouchy. That doesn't mean... I'm not talking about obnoxious like the man with a loud voice the Proverbs talks about, you know, get up in the morning with a loud voice. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just talking about you can be sweet, you can be pleasant, you can take some things on the chin. Amen? I'm talking about an environment of growth. Home ought to be a, a pleasant place. <clears throat> if you do, say, I don't have an encouraging home, then be a volunteer. In the garden, in the garden, uh, Cherry tomatoes will grow in concrete, won't they? Just about. They grow anywhere. And uh, I don't know why I, I plant them every year, but I don't know why I plant them because they come up on their own. But anyway, they'll come up. Amen, I love them too. Don't you like them? I love them. But, uh, but I always get some I didn't plant. Amen, they just volunteer. Amen? You say, well, well nobody in my home is growing it. Be a volunteer. Amen? Be a cherry tomato plant. You can take that home with you. And number five, you need a plan for growth. You need a plan for growth. You, you, you must be planted. You need a desire. You need a commitment. You need an environment. And you need a plan. <clears throat> Abraham, in Genesis nineteen twenty seven, got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. He got up early. He had a time. He had a place. He had a plan. You know why you don't pray much? Maybe it's because you don't have a plan. Jesus, in the morning, rising up a great while before day, went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Now, if you want to, you can write these things down. If you don't want to, you don't have to write them down. If you want me to print it for you, I'll print it for you. But I'm going to give you 12. I'm just going to read them to you, okay? I'm not going to expound on these. I'm going to scare you when I tell you how many I got, okay? But I'm going to give you 12 things, very practical things. If one of them resonates with you, Write it down, okay? If one doesn't resonate with you, don't write it down. I told you at the beginning, and I tell you again, my goal, children, teenagers, moms and dads, everybody in the room, adults, take some practical thing home with you tonight that you could start doing in your Christian life. 
Very simple. These are not profound. These are very simple and practical. Here's number one. Set a time and place for your key spiritual disciplines. Set a time and place. Listen, you can grow, but you need to set a time and place for your key spiritual disciplines. You say, what, what are you talking about? Prayer. Bible reading. Um, soul winning. Soul winning. You need that in your weekly schedule. Look, you wouldn't be here tonight if we didn't say come on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. You wouldn't be here. <clears throat> uh, some, uh, uh, Sunday school teachers, some of you need to do that with your preparation of your lesson so you quit cramming your Sunday school lesson. You're not being fair to your students. You're not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not good business. You ought to have a plan, a time, and a place for your key spiritual disciplines. Number two, get you a Bible and prayer journal. Get a Bible and prayer journal. Remember, I, was, I think it was Wednesday night or whenever it was. Sometime recently I was talking about uh, being teachable. And I said about the teachers, they go to class and there's some kids in la-la land and they don't even open their books. I, I forgot my pen. You know, whatever. I forgot my papers. Okay, yeah, right. Anyway, and then you got others got their notebook open. They got their pen out. They're ready to go. Who do you think the teacher's going to teach toward? This one? Or this one? Right? So the one that's prepared. Listen, if you'll go to your Bible with a journal and a pen in your hand, a highlight or something, and you go to your Bible, you know what? The Holy Spirit, the divine teacher say, my goodness. I don't know if he says that, but he, something like that. My goodness. They act like they want to learn something this morning. Yeah. He is a teacher, right? How many of you teacher? Raise your hand, you teacher. You, you, you teach church, school, home, you're a teacher. Raise your hand, you teacher. Wave it at me. All right, teacher. Teachers, am I telling the truth? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know when somebody wants to learn or not, right? So get a Bible, a, a, a Bible and prayer journal. Place to write your prayer requests. Place to write the things you get out of the Word of God. Number three, you may need to secure a prayer partner. If you're completely undisciplined in your Christian life and you know you're not praying like you ought to pray and you're convicted by it, and I need to pray more, perhaps you would consider get you a prayer partner. There's been, not at this time in my life right now, but there's been seasons in my life over the years where different men said, Pastor, would you, would you pray with me in the mornings or sometime? And I set a time. And uh, uh, sometimes it's more brief than other time. For, um, sometimes in an hour, we just pray together. And I get on the phone and, and uh, what I would do, like, for example, if I was going to do it in the morning, for example, one, it's one of our men uh, here for, I don't know, a year and a half or something, maybe that long, something like that. Uh, we'd meet at 5 o'clock in the morning. He would call me at 5. And if, and, and if he hadn't called me by five, I'd call him at five. And um, and uh, and then we just put on speakerphone, and I I pray, he he pray, and uh, I, I the accountability will help us, right? So maybe that would be something you could do. Uh, here's these are not in any categorized or anything like this. Choose a good book to read or listen to. This month, this year, 
this week. I don't know what your reading habits are, but you ought to read good books. Amen. And uh, some of you drive and things like that, and audio books are, you can consume some really great things that way. So much of Spurgeon stuff, Andrew Murray stuff, Ian Bound stuff. Are, now they're all audio books now. Vince, uh, some of, uh, no, I don't think Vince Abner's are audio, but I think our authors I like to read after. <clears throat> but uh, but uh, get, choose a good book. Listen, you, some of you men, you know what some of you men all do? Read a book on marriage. You say, that's girly. That's what's wrong with your marriage. You're a stick in the mud. Your marriage is dull because you don't invest in it. Hey, fella, read a good book on marriage. Amen. Thank you for all those hearty amens out there. Your wife gave me $5 to say this. Uh, read something on child-rearing, fellas. And the ladies, too. But most of the time, that's not always the case, but most of the time the ladies more inclined to read than the men. I don't know why that is. God's, you know, he's, God's not a female. He's male. And he wrote a book. Men ought to read. Amen? Okay. Fellas, get a good book on childbearing. On, on, on your walk with God. On, on prayer. Read Ian Bounds on prayer. Read Leonard Ravenhill, Why Revival Terriers. Read R.A. Torrey. How to pray. Reach up about your walk with God. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But is your, is your, is your walk with God stagnant? Is your Bible stagnant? Is your prayer stagnant? Read a book about professional development. What, what's your area? What, what do you do? Get you a good book about that area. Read the biographies of great men and great women. Scores and scores. I don't know how many. Many, many. Scores and scores and scores of, of, of biographies I've read to you. I love to hear what God does in the lives of people. Amen. I love to hear. I love to read about it. It challenges me. Number five. Choose some verses to memorize this year. Make you a list. Hey, you young men that struggle with your thought life. The Bible said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. You want to get victory over your thought life, fellas? Listen. And ladies too, for that matter, but young men especially, listen to me. Get into the book. Get you a set of verses and memorize them and get you some, some Bible ammo to fight the enemy when he comes and tries to take territory that doesn't belong to him. Amen. That's what Jesus did. As it is written, as it is written, as it is written, he shot the word of God back at the devil. Amen. Well, you see these, these homes, children's homes, girls' homes, boys' homes. Brother Roloff down in Corpus Christi, Texas, the Roloff homes. He said, we don't use any pills but the gospel. Amen. But you know, they've memorized Scripture, memorized Scripture, memorized Scripture, memorized Scripture. The Word of God is quick and it's powerful. You want victory? Memorize some verses. Six, add a church service to your weekly schedule. Now, you're on Sunday night. Maybe you come to all of them. But if you don't, add one. If you're watching this online, you come one service a week, make, make it two. If you come two, make it three. Amen. Number seven, commit to a Sunday school class. No, I ask you to raise your hand, but if you're not committed to a Sunday school class, you need to commit to a Sunday school class. 
to get in it, be a part of it, read and study the Word of God with God's people. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Number eight, make a list of unsaved people you will pray for in contact. Make a list of unsaved people you'll pray for in contact. Now, maybe your list will be five. Maybe it'll be ten. Maybe it'll be fifteen. He said, where am I going to get a list that, like that? How about your neighbors? He said, I don't know their name. They put blue house. Greenhouse, red shutters. They sound like an ugly house, don't they? <laughs> Christmas house, greenhouse. Anyway. How about your old classmates? Get your, get your, uh, get your uh, annual down. Get your yearbook down. Go through it. And uh, what about them? What about your coworkers? What about your former coworkers? I was challenged, I think it was about nine or two years ago or something like that. I heard Brother Fugit say this. And it challenged my heart. And I said, I'm going to take that. And uh, he said, every year, I said, Lord, my prayer is, Lord, give me ten men. Give me ten men. That's why I was excited this morning. Two men sitting in the room this morning. I led to Christ in the last month or so. I was excited. Lord, give me, give me. By the way, fellas, we don't win the men. I mean, I, I, I witness the ladies, I witness children. But who's going, men, we need to win the men. Amen. Ladies go in men too. I understand that. But men need to reach men. Amen. All right. Thank you. Make a list of unsaved people you'll pray for in contact. Number nine, start a family altar. Start a family altar. Dad, I'm not a reader. I'm, I, don't, I don't really pray out loud in front of anybody. I don't read about it. I, I got news for you. It don't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. And I don't think um, family altar wasn't really this way for us. It's not this way. Our family altar is very informal. Uh, we, 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 uh, we'll always be at least prayer at night. And sometimes, depending on how late it is, Church, we don't go home and have revival on Sunday night, Wednesday night after services, but we'll pray together. But sometimes we'll read a chapter together, and we don't. I don't preach. I don't thunder out. We might be. I mean, I might be in my recliner, and girls on the couch or whatever, something. It's not formal. It's relaxed. It's enjoyable. It's enjoy. We enjoy that. We enjoy that. We went all the way through. Uh, we were driving somewhere. Uh, went through the, uh, oh, yeah, we were driving to, over to uh, Lexington uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, we went to, took the chapter, and, and uh, usually we'll each pick a verse. Uh, not infrequently, we'll each pick a verse. We'll read one chapter of Proverbs, and we'll each pick a verse. And this this verse meant something to me. We'll tell each of us will tell what the verse meant to us. Um, but we just went through every verse on because we had the time. And it was so enjoyable. It was so enjoyable. And, and fellas, you say, uh, uh, that's not me. Okay, look, let me help you. Then delegate it. Ladies, I don't, I don't, I know some of you, you long, some of you ladies long for this. But fellas, you can delegate that if, if for whatever reason, you say, you can say, uh, honey, will you read this for us? That's your job. You're the leader. You're the leader. That doesn't mean you have to do everything. Now I, I, I think I think a man ought to grow into that if you're if that's that's just not where you are, fellas, you ought to grow into that, amen. And uh, I hope some of you take that to heart. Number ten, capture transit time. Capture transit time while you're driving time. That's ten, I got two more, we're gonna be done. All right? Capture transit time. Listen, you're in the car. How many of you drive ten minutes or more to get somewhere with your family? Ten minutes or more.
to church or school? How many drive 15 minutes or more to get somewhere with your family in a car? How about 20 minutes or more? Okay. That's a lot of time, isn't it? You can sing together. Boy, sometimes we go down the road, uh, and we, I, well, I'm going to use the word jamming. Is that okay? We, we don't listen to bad music at our house, okay? But sometimes we jam on good music. How many of you jam on good music? Sometimes? I mean, you like, you like it loud, and you just get in it, you know, and just having a good old time in the Lord. Can I get a witness? Sometimes we do that, amen? So we get a song we like. We play it 12 times in a row, amen? Back it up, play it again, amen? Whoa! We have a little revival time. And uh, anyway, you can sing together. <clears throat> Most songs we sing, me and the girls sing together. We learn them in the car on the way to school. That's where we learn them. You read a proverb together, like I just said. You listen to good music. You listen to a good book. Get your book and listen to it. Uh, you play a game with your, your young children. We always we play. We had a headlight game we played. I always played my kids, and uh, when they were small, and you get uh, all kind of fancy lights now. But anyway, but if you had a, a two, uh, somebody had their bright lights on, you get one point. If they had four lights, that's a quad, you get two points. And then it started coming out LEDs. We call them super brights. That's three points. And then the color lights, I mean, it got complicated by the time they got up. Anyway, two more. Number 11, spend time playing with your child. I have in my notes 30 minutes. Maybe maybe I should say that. Spend 30 minutes playing with your child. Any amount of time. Just be intentional about it. I think it was at the... Uh, I don't remember who it was told us this. Uh, might have been Brother Cabinets last year or something like that. Or maybe it was Brother Goddard. But anyway, talked about a man. And, and he made a decision about this. He decided when he got home from work, he'd spend the first 30 minutes when he got home from work just playing with his children. Playing with his children. Just the first 30 minutes. That's what he's going to do. And it made a difference. It made a difference. I remember that sweet little story. The man was a judge. Very, very busy. Very, very busy man. A judge. And he promised his son today to go fishing. And the workload just piled up on him. And he was about to back out. He told his dad, I'm excited we're supposed to go fishing. And he reluctantly said, yep, we're going fishing. And uh, he kept a journal, taught his son to keep a journal. And they, they spent the whole day fishing just like he had promised. He kept his word, but in his journal he put it. He said, I lost an entire day of work. My workload is so overwhelming right now. I lost an entire day of work. Later he found his boy's journal. He said, Dad took me fishing. It was the greatest day of my life. Greatest day of my life. Little things make a big difference, don't they? Last one, keep personal records. Keep personal records. Um, uh, for many years, especially as a younger man, but for many years, I keep records. My own records. Uh, it's the reason you write down how much you weigh in the morning or how many reps you did, you know, when you when you curled that 75 pounds, felt it was like you do in the morning. Uh, why? You want to know where you are compared to where you were. And keep some records. Keep some records. Keep some records. How much time I spend in the Word? How much time I spend in prayer? How many tracks I pass out? How many people to witness to? Those things, you can make your own records, but you, I'm just saying you should be intentional about growth. How do you know if you're growing or not? You say, I'm growing in my Bible time. How do you know you're doing that? I know this about human nature is, human nature is we judge ourselves by our best days and often others by their worst days. And numbers don't lie. And we'll think we're doing better than we are. Ask your wife how much time you spend together. She probably knows. But make be intentional about it. Uh, have, you have time, fellas, you have time to sit aside each week for your wife. No, just you and her. You have time. You do that. 
You are married. How many of you men are married? Married. Okay. Now you spend time together, right? You should. Keep records. I know that was not a revolutionary method. Message. I can't talk. <clears throat> but I hope it helped you. And I hope you want to grow. Let's stand up.